Welcome to the Mousecapades Podcast, the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. And now, here are your hosts, Vicky and Kaylee. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicky, and I'm here with Kaylee, and we have our friend Josiah with us. He hasn't been here for a couple years since we did his trip report, and he is going to be bringing some expertise. I will let him talk more about that in just a little bit. We are happy that he is joining us. We are happy that you are listening with us. We hope you're safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 525, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Josiah, and today we are going to be discussing Disney theatricals, otherwise known as Disney on Broadway. So I do lots and lots of theater. I'm going to be starting college with technical theater in the fall. So that is what I live and breathe for. And there is so much history um, in this part of Disney, and it just makes my theater heart so happy. Uh, but before we get started, we want to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is a part of your, your story travel company. And at your story travel company, we can plan a magical trip for you on any budget. So Disney theatrical productions began in 1993 to begin work on a staged musical version of Beauty and the Beast. And that production opened in 1994 on Broadway. And it played in the Palace Theater and eventually transferred to the Lunt Fontaine Theater towards the beginning of its run on Broadway. And despite its financial success, though, it faced a lot of skepticism because it was Disney. So people didn't really think that Disney could create a quote-unquote real Broadway production. But it ended up being nominated for nine Tony Awards, which are the big awards for theater on Broadway, but it only succeeded in winning for Best Costume Design. But Beauty and the Beast became a huge hit and ran for a whole 13 years on Broadway. And then from then on, Disney has been a major influence in the Broadway world in creating new shows and constantly innovating and bringing new hits to Broadway. After its initial success of Beauty and the Beast in in 1995, Disney signed a 49-year lease for New Amsterdam Theater. That's a very long lease. They spent time renovating the theater with plans of The Lion King being their next adaptation, but they ended up giving a nine-show limited run of Tim Rice and Alan Menken's musical King David, which I have never seen before. I actually had not heard of it until I was researching for this because I knew that, like, we'll get into it later, but Disney has a lot of random shows here and there that aren't based on their animated movies and stuff. So when I was researching this, I found that and I thought it was super interesting. And I was looking into it a lot and it is actually mainly sung too so it's not a typical musical with scenes and songs it actually is mostly sung so that's an interesting fact too that's pretty cool so this musical is uh based on king david from the bible and in october of the year that lion king opened in the new amsterdam theater afterwards it received critical acclaim for how innovative it was and it and because it was such a unique experience it went on to win multiple tony awards including the one and the only best musical It moved to the Minskoff Theater and has been playing there ever since, becoming the third longest running show ever on Broadway. And I've never seen this show live. Um, I I think that we really enjoy going to Festival of the Lion King at Animal Kingdom. And that's my best example of it. And I know you have been to it before. Yes. So 
I saw Lion King. It was about five years ago, I believe, that I saw it. And I went to Memphis, Tennessee to see it in the Orpheum Theater. And it was amazing. And that was one of the first times that I had really appreciated the technical aspects of a show. Because there is a reason that that show won the Tony Award for Best Costume Design. And it won a ton of other Tony Awards. It is just beautiful. And there are so many puppets in the show. And what's really neat about it is the director, Julie Taymor, she not only directed, but she also designed the costumes and the puppets. So I think part of the reason it is so amazing and such a spectacle is because she is the one that was a part of make like she was a part of the whole thing. And I think that is what made it what it is and why it's so successful. That would be super stressful for one person to be in charge of all that stuff, though. Wow. If only you knew what that was like to take on too much at one time and not say no. Never you. (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely me, too. (laughs) (laughs) That is not me. I think the listeners already know that, though. Uh, I do know, actually, about The Lion King. Well, not the original one because it's 1995, but the kid who plays Caleb in Stranger Things, he was young Simba on Broadway for a little while. I do know that because he can sing really well. So The Lion King itself was a game changer in the theater world and showed that Disney could make real theatrical productions that were entertaining for people of all ages. You saw it in Tennessee, but that I think that says something if even like the off-Broadway version or the traveling version was that good. So I just like think the Broadway version had to have been insane. It was one of the coolest things because so during Circle of Life when the show opens, it is a all-encompassing song because from the back of the house, like so where the audience sits from the back, there are these giant puppet costume type things that cast members are in. And they're elephants. So these elephants and giraffes come from the back of the theater and walk up onto stage. And it is a whole thing. And there's puppets going all around. And then they do the same sort of thing at the beginning of Act 2 with the opening number of Act 2 because they have people on the audience again. So then you have the sound from the cast members singing all around you. And not just from the sound system, but from their actual voices just right next to you. That's cool. I would like that. Because of all those elements, Lion King is what made the way for the future of Disney theatricals. So Disney theatricals writes and produces their own shows based on their animated and live action films, but they also have produced other shows. So they have a very wide range of shows from plays to musicals. We are going to just quickly go through the Disney theatrical shows. And in the next episode, we will go deeper into some of them. I know I'm excited about that for sure. So Disney has multiple types of shows. In this episode, we're going to look into the shows that are not big Broadway musicals, but they are Sister Act, Frozen, Aladdin, Newsies, The Little Mermaid, Mary Poppins, Tarzan, Aida, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, and Freaky Friday. But for today, there are the junior shows. These are the shows that can be performed by young kids, some being 101 Dalmatians, The Aristocats, Frozen Jr., Peter Pan Jr., and a few others. They have also produced two Broadway plays, Arcadia and Peter and the Starcatcher. Now, in our area, we have a local young people's theater that Josiah is a part of, and we have seen some of these junior shows that they've done 
but they've been magnificent and have actually won awards in their own right for young people's theater. So uh, that has been really cool for us to watch Josiah grow over the years as an actor and a performer and a singer. Even Um, his voice has changed and grown so much through this process. So I give kudos to Disney for that because I'm sure it was a little bit of an inspiration for him. So I have I counted when I was doing this. I thought to myself, how many Disney shows have I done? And I have done six of the main shows through Young People's Theater things like Little Mermaid was one of them and I know actually Vicky talked about Little Mermaid a couple episode a couple weeks ago or something and I was in that production she was talking about and that was one of my favorite shows I have ever done and it was so much fun and I've done Peter Pan Jr. three times actually I was Michael the first time a long time ago then I was Smee and then a couple years ago I did tech for Peter Pan Jr. so it's been crazy. Yeah, like I remember being in Disney. I think I don't rem- I don't remember what year the Little Mermaid was, but it was like the Christmas before you were doing that show or something like that and we were in Disney and I we got on the Little Mermaid ride and they have um Scuttle in the queue like talking like yes. an animatronic which Josiah was Scuttle and so I sent him a video and was like take notes. I remember that <laughs> like how to talk like him but you did a great job it was just like I saw it and was like yes that was um, my personal favorite performance that Josiah has done to date he's done amazing on everything that he does it, even non-Disney shows but Scuttle he totally took on the persona and you felt like he was a bird kind of like when you go to one of the Disney shows in the parks and you feel like those people are the character and so Josiah is just one of those people that really learns his character and and knows it and becomes that character and so that was fun for me to watch one of my favorite things with disney theatricals too and we'll get into it later more but is that they add more songs to the shows so they have the songs that were in the movie and then they add more to make it a full-length musical and what that does is it adds so much more character development because they have to add a whole hour to the show so they have to add all these scenes and these songs that add so much more and I think that's part of the reason I love it is because yes it is these familiar stories that you see in the Disney movies but it's this totally other component that you get to see so much more from the characters so with Scuttle for example what I loved is at the uh, top of act two I had a a giant tap number and that's not in the movie but I loved it because it was a five and a half minute song of tapping and it was just amazing i loved it (laughs) (laughs) it was funny to watch too just like you were funny but then i think like having the other birds like behind you made it 10 times better (laughs) just because it was so funny and we got to shake butts and stuff it was great (laughs) i think it was better than your tin man costume probably more comfortable for sure (laughs) and like 30 pounds less lighter (laughs) yeah (laughs) he could go on forever about that so moving on the show Arcadia examines events at an English country home in 1809 and in the present day. Mathematics, romance, Lord Byron, and other ideas and feelings contribute to the goings-on in the past as two academics attempt to unravel them in the present. Math and romance. Sounds like a great combo. (laughs) No, I love romance and I hate math. (laughs) I don't know how to feel. So... Peter and the Starcatcher is a play based on the 2004 novel Peter and the Starcatchers by Dave Barry and Ridley Pearson, adapted for the stage by Rick Elise. 
The play provides a backstory for the characters of Peter Pan, Mrs. Darling, Tinkerbell, and Hook, and serves as a prequel to J.M. Barry's Peter and Wendy. Both of these shows won multiple Tony Awards while playing on Broadway. So this fall, I did Peter and the Starcatcher, and I was a tech assistant, basically. So I did costumes, props, set, all that jazz. And I had never heard of the show until I did it. And it is now one of my favorite plays of all time. It is incredible because it is not something that you would think of as Disney theatricals. And I read, too, that they purposefully did not advertise it as a Disney show because it is so different from a typical Disney show and they wanted it to be its own element. And it is done in this very storybook way to where the costumes and set and everything are made with things that you could find around the house or the yard. And that's part of the reason it's so interesting is because it is just a very different storytelling experience that you don't use, you don't get all the time with a typical musical or play. That is awesome. And it is one that we did not get to see. And I feel bad. I, I apologize now. I was at school. I had a good excuse. I don't remember what happened. Why? Because we try to go and support Josiah. At this point, Josiah is just another, is an extension of our family. Um, he also goes to church with us, but I used to work with his mom and um, she's a teacher and his dad's a principal. And so I just feel like he's family. So we try to support him like we would any of our family members. And I feel terrible that I didn't see it. And you love that one so much. <laughs> so Disney also has a few shows that were created specifically for high schools to perform, aka High School Musical, The Musical. And for a long time now, an adaptation of Hercules has been in the works and the world premiere was at the Public Theater in 2019. Not only does Disney do these musicals on the stage, they expanded and did a live recording of Newsies that has been released and a TV movie of Freaky Friday, the musical. And if I can talk on that for a second, there is a show on Disney Plus I want to plug. It's called Encore and it's hosted by Kristen Bell. And I may have mentioned it before because I really fell in love with it. It is she goes and takes these musicals that were done in years past, like in high schools, and then she finds the people that were in them and then they reenact it. They take a week, only a week to get this whole production together. However, they have some Disney money to be able to buy costumes and sets. So everything is so much better. They kind of reflect back on what it was before and what it is now. And, and it's just fun to see if you are a musicals person, I totally recommend and you have Disney Plus totally recommend that you go and and watch that show i'm praying that there is money to do a season two because i keep checking and keep checking and looking on social media and so far i haven't heard anything i was just gonna say i have been looking too because i loved that show in multiple of the shows that they did in season one i was just in so they did fiddler on the roof and just a couple months before i had played tevia so it was such a reflective moment for me. And I was, it was so nostalgic and stuff. I loved it. Um, my thing was about the Freaky Friday musical. Is that was that the Disney Channel version or is this an actual like musical they had? This is an actual musical. So it is not one that is going to Broadway. And from what I have read and when I heard when they were making it and stuff, it's very new, like 2019. So it was never planned to go to Broadway. It was going to be more of an off-Broadway thing. And the mom, the actress that played the mom, 
she is, her name is Heidi Bleckenstaff, and I love her. She is in some of my favorite shows. She is incredible in Freaky Friday, and I've listened to the soundtrack, and you should go listen to it too, everyone. It's so good. And it is a very good adaptation of the movie's Freaky Friday, the two different versions. And I absolutely love the musical. The Freaky Friday, it was professionally recorded and is on Disney+. Plus. They made a movie of the musical, and that's really good too. And it has the original cast with Heidi Pluck and staff. So totally go watch it. It's good. So Disney always has some rumors going around of what's coming up next. And the latest of that, of those rumors, is Oliver and Company. Actually, as of January 2020, there was a rumor and the upper people in Disney started saying that Oliver and Company was going to be in the works. And the Jungle Book a few years ago, like in 2016, had a very, very simple production done in Chicago, a musical version of The Jungle Book, just to kind of try out and see how that would do on stage. But it is now in the works, or there are rumors that it is in the works to become a full-scale musical. Also, The Parent Trap, The Princess Bride, Alice in Wonderland, the fa- uh, father of the bride and my mother's favorite bed knobs and broomsticks. And I loved that movie too as a child, <clears throat> but now when I watch it, it somewhat makes me feel like an acid trip. I don't know. I need to talk to your mom about that because a lot of Disney stuff feels like that. Not just that. <laughs> I watched that movie and I think, wow, this, you know, what was going on when these people were directing this movie on the backside? I don't know. It's, it's just, a little disturbing that I liked that movie. To me, I don't know. During quarantine, somehow it came up that my mom loved that movie. And me and my two sisters, we had not seen it before. So she was like, we're having a movie night, everyone. And we all watched Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And I felt the exact same way. I loved it just because it just feels like classic to me. And I love the movies where it incorporates the animation and the live action. So I personally really liked it. But at the same time, I totally agree. It was just strange. I haven't seen it. So now I'm afraid your mom's going to be like, movie night! (laughs) (laughs) You should see it. And what's really funny too is some of the effects are, they're on the struggle bus. Bad. (laughs) Yeah. And my sisters were like, what is this? And my mom said, it's good. Just watch it. (laughs) But I really liked it. It made me feel like I was going in Willy Wonka. The tunnel, like the boat ride through the uh, tunnel. That's what it feels the like. The whole movie feels kind like the, of. That part every, is scary. <laughs> and every time they travel on the bed, it's just this like psychedelic thing going on. And it's very, very interesting. When did this movie come out? I believe it was in the 70s. Ah, that we, makes sense. <laughs> we can look at I mean, it does make sense. And the characters are well known. I mean, Angela Lansbury's in that movie. In that, yeah, yes. in that movie. Mrs. Potts. Mrs. She's Potts forever also, Mrs. Potts. Uh, she's from Murder, She Wrote, for a lot of adults that know that show. She's done lots of Broadway, too. I guess I didn't realize that. Um, Although she sings, I think she sings pretty well, because she was older when she did the original Beauty and the Beast. And uh, I thought maybe they would bring her back for the remake. Yeah, I kind of thought that, too. I 
love Emma Thompson, though, too. Me, too. From Nanny McPhee. That used to be my favorite movie. Yeah. Angela Lansbury is in that as well. Yes. That's very interesting. Yeah. But I, and I do love Angela Lansbury, and she has just the classic voice, especially of Mrs. Potts. But she has done a lot of Broadway, and I'm surprised they haven't used her for anything uh, for Disney on Broadway because she is that iconic voice for bro- uh, for Disney. Father of the Bride is the one that I'm interested in. I love Father of the Bride. Both movies, they're not Disney, but those movies just make me laugh. And it honestly, like, I think because I think of dad being like that, like when I get married and then when I have a baby, I think of dad reacting like that. And so it just makes it 10 times funnier. We talked about Oliver and Company a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you listened to that show. Kaylee doesn't remember watching that, but I remember watching it with her. So I think that that is definitely something that we need to... How old was I? I I don't remember. That's the thing is like, of course you remember, but if I was like two... No, you were older than two. I know that. I, I told you, you were hooked on Bugs Life and then you watched movies from then on. I don't remember when you watched it. I didn't want to think it was like kindergarten. You watched it on ABC Family when oh, it yes. was ABC Family. Sorry, kindergarten was such a short time ago. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that long ago to me. Um... But Father and the Bride uh, would be awesome. But I'm wondering, or I would like to see how they're going to do the Princess Bride. Please do not shoot your radio or whatever, listeners. I am not a huge Princess of the Bride family. I know a lot of people, it's their favorite movie. But I would love to see it and how they're going to do that. And another thing is, I would like to see how they're going to do Jungle Book with all those characters. It's going to have to be similar to a Lion King production. So in the Jungle Book that was done in like 2016, 2015, the man that played King Louis, the actor's name is Andre de Shields, and he actually just won a Tony last year for Hades Town. And because I was looking at pictures of this production of Jungle Book, and the costumes and set and everything, they were beautiful, and they did it in a very storybook way. And I think that's what made it really interesting is the set felt very drawn and like it was done with watercolors and then the costumes very much reflected the character's personalities. They did not try to make him look like an orangutan but they gave him like the aesthetic and the I, the idea of it and I think it was really interesting and I would love to see that come to fruition in a big production. Well, Josiah, thank you so much. You are so knowledgeable on Broadway stuff, obviously, is why we ask you to do this, because you are like the go-to person when we want to know about musicals. And it was a lot of fun. And I look forward to next week talking more and digging deeper into the musicals. If you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Or if you would like to book a trip or you just want a free quote, text us at 636-373-4497 or contact us at Vicky, V-I-C-K-I-E dot black at yourstorytravel.com. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com or our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast or our Twitter page, Mousecapades Pod. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades podcast. Well, guys, I think it's about that time. Disney love and pixie dust. Who put the glad and gladiator? Have a magical day, my friends. friends.